Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Thursday, Thursday, July 23rd, going through this, this amazing, difficult, unusual summer and season of life that we find ourselves. But thank you. Thank you for being faithful to this gathering and to this group as we gather together and just believe God for some some peace, serenity, as we gather together and strengthen one another. Thank you for sharing in this moment, in this pivotal season. I urge as you join the devotion this morning, um, follow the page, like the page. You may wonder why I say follow the page, like the page, share the page. It's because when we started this, we started this on my private Facebook page. And then for several months at the outset of this devotion, we stayed on that personal page. But you told me that we needed to expand it. So I went to a business page and it continues to grow. And we're thankful for that. So more people could join. And now we're actually, because uh, someone said something a week or two ago, and we're experimenting with adding another format to permit those who are not on Facebook to join in this devotion. And more about that, hopefully in a few weeks. But for now, thank you. You are the ones that hold this devotion in your hands. And thank you for spreading the word. And never have we needed a sure word of prophecy more than what we need right now. We need one another. Amen. This month I've been talking about pictures, portraits of saints in the Bible, word pictures. And uh, this particular week, I've expanded that talk about our greatest needs and the I am statements of Jesus. And today, if you'll allow me, I want to fuse a word picture with the I am statement of Jesus, that great I am, the God who makes things happen. You see, in the Bible, the righteous are compared to palms and cedars in the plant kingdom. We're compared to stars in the celestial realm. In the animal kingdom, though, the primary comparison is not so flattering. You and I are compared to sheep. Yeah, sheep. I mean, it's not really an aspiration or a goal. Who wants to be a sheep? Sheep are not the most noteworthy creature. I mean, we could be a lion. We could be uh, you know, a tiger, but a bear, or, but no, we're sheep. Sheep are easily intimidated. I remember the story of a young man raised on a sheep farm. He, he once pulled a prank and he carried two buckets in his hand, saw a few sheep with their heads poked around the barn. He saw them, but they didn't see him. And he bashed the buckets together and the sheep were so startled. They just fell over dead. Sheep are very timid. We're not like sheep, are we? Are we? Sheep are easily confused, unlike homing pigeons and dogs and cat. Sheeps can get so turned around, and once they lose sight of home, they absolutely have no idea to get back. And so they are vulnerable. They have no inner guidance system. We, we, we hear so much about strong-minded people, but my experience down through time is that we 
human beings are like sheep in that we get confused and swirling in our minds are all manner of thoughts. And it takes someone whose heart and mind is focused upon the Lord to get that sure word of prophecy. Amen. I don't want to be like a sheep and yet I too can get confused. Do you remember that old song we used to sing? I woke up this morning with my mind. We always stopped on that word mind. And, uh, you know, the older I get, I'm just happy to wake up in the morning with my mind. Stayed on Jesus. Sheep are easily misled. If a sheep is startled or distracted or upset, it gets its mind off the flock and it takes off running. And others will follow. I read the story of a shepherd who lost a large portion of his flock. There was an evening thunderstorm. It frightened the sheep. They began to run, and the others follow. And the next morning, he found his entire flock laying lifeless at the bottom of a cliff. Isaiah said it like this. All we like sheep have gone astray. We are easily misled. Can I just tell you? That's why it's important. That's why it's important for us to gather together and just say we can't make it on our own. If there was ever a time in life we could make it on our own, this is not that day. 2020, July 2020 is not the time that we're going to make it all by our own because we are going to get confused. We are going to get intimidated. And one wayward sheep can pull others astray. How do they, how do they leave? Shepherds say that a, 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 a sheep will stray going from one clump of green grass to the next, searching for one answer after another, and pretty soon they've strayed from the flock. And they're all alone, easily intimidated, confused, and misled. I don't want to be like a sheep, and yet I find myself fulfilling that unflattering description. I'm going re- to mention one more quality of a sheep. One more than the three that I've mentioned, our anxiety, our confusion, our waywardness. But before I mention it, can I just tell you that we have an assurance? Oh, yes, we do. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, praise God. Man's weakness prompts us to look beyond ourselves and look to God. We have to look to God. And so Mary Ann, Susan, April, can I just tell you, we're looking to God. If we just say that together, can we say that together? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you know in John 8, I mentioned there were four I am statements. Four of the 22 are in John 8. Five are in John 10. Four of the five involve sheep and shepherds. Twice in John 10, verses 11 and 14, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I am Yahweh, Jehovah, the God who makes things happen. Jesus is saying, I am Jehovah shepherd, God, your shepherd. Jesus is saying, I'm the one David talked about when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. He spoke of me. I am that Good shepherd. Now, lest you say, oh, Brother Gurley, you are far out of the book. Let me, let, me just, let me just remind you that there's an instance in the three Gospels. We were just reading in John 10, but in Matthew 22, Mark 12, and Luke 20, Jesus squares off with the Pharisees, and he, he just starts 
talking to them. And he said, by the way, what think ye of the Christ? What say ye of the Christ? Who is the Messiah? And they replied, well, the Messiah, the Christ, he is the son of David. And then Jesus looks at them and said, then why did David call the Messiah Lord Adonai? Why did David say the Lord, Jehovah the I am, say to the Lord Adonai, sit at my right hand? If David called Christ Lord, then how is Christ the son of David? And the Pharisees were silent. I would remind you in Acts 2, right before Acts 2.38, Simon Peter quoted the same thing. Because to say Christ was the son of David is only half the equation. One must admit that Christ is not only Lord Adonai, he's also Lord, I am Jehovah, the God who makes things happen. That the one called the son of David is absolutely the Lord of David. So that when the David said, the Lord is my shepherd, and Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. He is claiming to be the shepherd of David, David's Lord. In the 23rd Psalm, he is the great I am. Oh, praise God. God. Oh, praise God. Don't you know who Jesus is? He is the Lord God Almighty, the God who makes things happen in our lives. Oh, yes, he is. Amen. And he has to be totally God so that we can be the people we need to be. I started this week devotions talking about Lloyd John Ogilvie and how he interviewed thousands of people asking them their greatest needs. And when he, when the needs were summarized, he found that each and every Great need we have can be supplied in the 22 I am statements of Jesus Christ, that Jesus, only Jesus can satisfy our souls and meet our needs. And one of the greatest needs of man is revealed in these statements. I am the good shepherd. I am the one that lay down my life for my sheep. We are fearful. We are confused. We are wayward. That's our worst, but he offers us his best. He is our shepherd. He goes with us. We should have no fear. He leads us. All we've got to do is follow. He seeks us. When we have strayed away, he will leave the 90 and nine. Oh, praise God. So Mary and Marianne and Trenton, we've got a, we've got something that God is doing for us. We offer him our wayward. Yes, he gives us his best. There's one more quality of a sheep. Sheep are helpless. Hasn't a sense of helplessness watched over us the past few months? We don't know where to turn, don't know what to do. We're like that schoolboy in Robert Blair's classic poem from 300 years ago. As he walks through the graveyard on his way home from school, holding his books to build his courage, he begins to whistle. And from that poem came the expression, whistling in the graveyard or whistle past the graveyard. In this COVID-19 world, people feel that's what they got to do. They got to have this false sense of hope and they're whistling, whistling in a graveyard. We human beings, we are defenseless in many ways. We are helpless in many ways. We go through dark and lonely times, armed with little more than a whistle and false cheer and false brightness. You see, from helplessness comes hopelessness. And we wrestle with that and we struggle with that helplessness. It's our great need. Sheep are not just timid. Sheep have a sense of 
helplessness and vulnerability about them. Uh, God gave other animals claws and sharp teeth and the ability to die, slice, and chop and defend themselves, but not a sheep. In fact, if a sheep even tumbles down the slightest of slope, lands on his back, the sheep can't get up. It's so it's so defenseless, it will just lay there until a, it either dies or a shepherd comes along and picks up the fallen and casts down sheep. I want to say we're not like sheep, but there is a vulnerability to us. And I want to be transparent with you. We are not as strong as we think we are. I, I need to tell you that. Because in that sense of recognizing our worst, he offers us his best. When we know we are helpless, then the helper comes. That's another word for comforter. The Holy Spirit comes into us. When we admit in our flesh that we are weak, then we can become strong in the Lord. When we know that we fall short, he is going to show up. And when you and I grow anxious, uh, when you and I grow fearful and we grow restless and we sense our helplessness, uh, but we finally admit our need, he comes with the all-sufficiency. All uh, our worst attracts his best like a magnet. Oh, praise God for that. Oh, praise God for that. Uh, that's when the Lord shows up and he will lead us and he will provide for us. And in our helplessness, uh, he will fight for us and in our timidity and anxiousness. Uh, he will settle us down. He maketh us lie down in green pastures by still waters. He's the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Uh, he says that twice in John 10, but he also says something else in John 10. And he too says this twice, two more of the I am statements. I am the door of the sheepfold. I am the door. And this is where I've got to borrow from Lloyd John Ogilvy. He wrote of a time in visiting the Holy Land. He was staying in a small village and as evening shadows began to fall, he was walking around in the hillside. He saw a huge flock of sheep in the valley below and a group of shepherds talking. But as the sun began to set, uh, he watched something unusual take place. One by one, the shepherds began to separate and walked in different direction. And each shepherd began to call out and that great massive flock of sheep began to splinter. And sheep began to go each direction, following after the voice of their own shepherd. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. They know that still small voice, that divine whisper. They know my voice. He's, Ogilvy said, soon that massive group of sheep were in smaller separate groups, each one following their shepherd. Ogilvy drew closer and closer to that valley where he could see what was happening as the sun fell. He watched as the shepherds led their individual flocks 
to individual sheepfolds. There were clefts in the hills, caves uh, surrounded by rocks with a single opening. Uh, The shepherds would go into the cave and would begin to call the sheep inside. uh, And the sheep would follow the shepherd inside of the fold. uh, And then the shepherd would step outside to the doorway, the entrance of the sheepfold, and would build a fire and begin to prepare his evening meal as the sheep began to settle down as the night grew darker. Ogilvy said, no matter how long I live, that magnificent scene will be etched in my mind. Shepherds seated at the entry entry of the sheepfolds with fire blazing, sheep secure within. No sheep could go out without passing the watchful eye of the shepherd. No danger could enter into that sheepfold without passing the rod and staff of the shepherd. For centuries, for millennia, shepherds have done this. And Jesus said in John 10, verses 7 and 9, I am the great I am. I am the door of the sheepfold. It's in that same passage that Jesus said, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and destroy. But I've come, oh sheep, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You you offer me your weakness. You offer me your helplessness. You give me your worst, and I will give you my best. I will give you the greatest and the highest qualities of God. He shows us his best when we are at our worst, his strength when we are at our weakest moment. That imagery can be found in Isaiah. He offers two idioms of our helpless conditions. He says, we're like the bruised uh, or bent reed by the riverbanks. We're like a smoking flax, uh, a wick that is smoldering and barely burning. Uh, But he said, let me tell you about our God. He will never snap off a bent reed. Uh, He will never snuff out uh, a smoldering flame. Uh, He is attracted uh, into our helplessness. Our worst calls for his best. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Have you ever used the word eccentric? We use that word eccentric to describe people that separate themselves, uh, uh, that are odd or strange, have unusual habit. But the word eccentric, eccentric, means away from the center. And that's what happens when we drift from God, when we are drawn astray, when our helplessness leads us to look to others uh, and we are driven into a corner. Uh, that That's the word. That's the meaning of the word. We are drawn from the center. That's the meaning of the word anxious in the Greek uh, is our attention is divided. Uh, our attention is shared with something else. Our heart and mind is no longer stayed on Jesus Christ. Paul said, don't be anxious about anything, but by everything, let your prayers and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. And what, what, what? Listen to this. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, will keep your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus, that your prayer, your admission of weaknesses is the nerve center. It draws you into the heart and mind of God. When you express your helplessness before God, the good shepherd shows up, the door of the sheepfold shows up, uh, and the result is peace in our lives. I feel that peace. I feel that peace right now in this room. Jonathan, I feel peace. Hope, I feel peace. Our crying out to him, our reliance upon him, our worst brings his 
best. I'm concerned for each of you today. I'm concerned about you today. Are you are you with the sheep? Are you in the sheepfold? Has this crazy season in which we find ourselves drawn you from the presence of God and from the presence of one another? It's here in this devotion and in other forums. We, we're just trying to stay together, clinging to one another. And we hope and we're praying for the best for one another. And we look to lift up the hands of those that are suffering right now. But in the sheepfold, we look out into the darkest of all nights that we've ever experienced. And we're going to see two things, our perspective from the sheepfold, two things. First, there's a fire at the entryway, a fire of protection, a similar fire that burned by night over the children of Israel. Our God, our God is a consuming fire. The great I am, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, is watching over us. Uh, we look at this night uh, through the light. Uh, we look at the darkness through the fire and we see that greater are they that are with us than they that are against us. There's a hedge of fire protecting us. And second, when we sense the night come and the enemy draw near and we realize we are helpless, we are looking from the sheepfold into the fierceness of our world. We have a consolation. The enemy can't get to us until it gets through the good shepherd uh, who is ready to fight for us. Uh, what have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leading uh, on the everlasting arms. Uh, I have blessed peace uh, with my Lord so near. Uh, I'm leaning. I am leaning on the everlasting arms of the almighty God. I feel his presence here this morning. I feel his presence. I, I rebuke the night. I rebuke the devourer. And I invite uh, all of you into the sheepfold uh, of his protection. Uh, we've got the great I am watching out for us. And I believe he's near. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Each of you, thank you for being a part of this. Bridget D., Diane, Kathy, thank you for being a part of this today. Like, share, follow, invite others into the sheepfold uh, of his divine protection. In Jesus' name, leave your prayer requests out the side. Leave some victory reports out to the side. And let's see miracles happen in our midst. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.